known as the father of claymation, Will Vinton, revolutionized the animation business during the 1980s and 1990s, creating such iconic characters as the California Raisins and Domino's The Noid. But after 30 years of being the unheralded king of clay, Vinton's carefully sculpted American dream began to unravel. The film is called Clay Dream, and the film is about getting to know Will Vinton and the circumstances by which he became such a success. And we're joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary film. That would be Mark Evans. Mark, welcome to Film School Radio. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate having me. How did you hear about Will Vinton? I mean, I'm sure you saw the California Raisins. Uh, yeah. what, at what point in your life did you say, who's Will Vinton? Yeah, so yeah, I grew up with the Raisins and the Noid, was fans of those characters, watched the Claymation Christmas celebration every year for many years growing up. So I knew of the work, the characters, and I knew of the name Will Vinton too. And I and I even remember, you know, the guy with the, you know, funny mustache. But it wasn't until I read an article in 2015 that I thought, wow, this is something I should pursue as a documentary. The, the article was titled, How the Father of Claymation Lost His Company to a Rapper Named Chili T. And... Uh, so the headline caught me and and I saw the picture and I knew, oh yeah, that's, that's this guy, you know, all these characters. And so I read the article and it, and it felt like a movie right when I read it, I got super excited about it. Um, thought this could be my next documentary and I, you know, I didn't know Will, um, but I found an email or a contact form online. So I, and I reached out and I think he got back to me pretty much that day, pretty quickly. And, um, he said he would, you know, he was flattered that I wanted to talk about the documentary, doing a documentary. And he'd meet with me, but that he wasn't really interested. Um, and so we met, got together a couple of weeks later, and I thought we really hit it off. We had like this three-hour meeting, you know, talked ideas, and and he seemed like he was really into it. And I followed up the next day, and he was like, yeah, it was great to meet, but I'm still not really interested. But he left the door open that we could kind of continue the conversation. And I think he might have been interested. Maybe he wasn't. I think he was probably a little bit interested. Actually, I know he was. <laughs> but uh you know, it was a, a trust building factor for the for a couple months just to make sure that um, if he was going to do it, that I was the person that he wanted to do it with. So like six six months or so into um, just kind of getting to know each other, he finally said, all right, let's do this thing. Well, based on what I see in the film, I'm not terribly surprised to hear that story, this, the reaction he had. Because on one level, he seems like a person who is on the surface affable and agreeable and a nice guy. But somewhere in the dark corners of his life and what he's gone through seems to be, reveal a man who is, just as you described, reticent and at the end of the day, difficult to to convince to do something he, he might not want to do. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably fair to some extent. And I think there was probably, you know, some darkness and sadness in him that only came out through his work. He didn't really express that to people in his personal life, even, you know, close family and friends. Yeah. So I think he kind of in the moment is going to say the things that he's supposed to say. Right. And then but but he might, you know, feel a little bit differently. And I think that was, you know, his positivity and looking forward and never looking back was a great strength, I think. But also, ultimately, I think probably a, a huge flaw to the extent that, you know, I think had he shared more, been more open and not just kept all this stuff inside, all these emotions inside. Um, I don't know if that played part in him getting sick, but it, it's ironic that like when, you know, the, the studio was, um, you know, everything was crumbling down. That's when he did get sick yeah. um, and he didn't, you know, talk to anybody, anybody about it. But you know, one thing that was interesting, though, is w when I was interviewing people that had worked with him, you know, way back when to a person, they thought like, you know, this has a chance to be a great story, great film, but that they warned me that my issue might be 
working with Will and that he would probably try to be in control of the story. That I don't doubt that that must have been the case when they worked with him and that he, you know, wanted it to go his way and would take control of things. But that's not how my experience was. I think he probably changed as he got older. And, you know, uh, but he, he, the number of times I kind of like float some ideas by him, hey, here's what I'm thinking and stuff. And he would just every time say, it's your film, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. So he was great to work with in that regard and access to everything. There was times where it was tough to get things out of him because he wanted to stay positive and, you know, I'd have to ask the same question 25 different times in different ways to try to sneak some emotion out. And, you know, I, I think I got some of that finally. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I think feel like I kind of leapfrogged ahead in the story, but just based on what I gleaned from the film, it, that initial uh, meeting you had with him seems seems consistent with what I felt like I came away from the film, getting to know Will Vinton. Let's go back and sort of describe his roots. He came about, before we started our conversation, was talking to you about claymation and in the 70s. I was a big fan. There was a lot of it going around. And for filmmakers who didn't have a lot of money, but they had time and they had someone that was willing to kind of collaborate with them, it was a great way to make a movie. You mm -hmm. could do it and not cost a lot of money. That's my introduction to it. it was the 1970s. There was a fair amount of that going on. Where did, where did he come from? Like, where was his roots as a filmmaker? Yeah, so he grew up in McMinnville, Oregon. You know, he I think he was kind of a jock in high school. Wasn't necessarily somebody that um, screamed, you know, he's going to be a artist or, you know, a, you know, filmmaker or anything like that. But he, and he went to college at Berkeley for architecture. And he got really inspired really quickly by Anthony Gaudi, Spanish architect who you know, has just some incredible, incredible buildings. And so in his architecture classes, he felt in order to kind of replicate that style that he was inspired by, he had to do it in clay. It was really the only way to kind of um, you know, copy that style was to build these structures, these models in clay. So that's how he started playing with clay. And so he had to have it around his apartment a lot. And... And then there became a point where his professor, one of his professors mentioned that, that they could turn in their final assignments as a film. They could basically shoot their models as film. And he thought that, that would give a better perspective of all the elements that he was trying to bring into this. So his dad sent him his old 16 millimeter Bolex and Will started shooting these clay, you know, so there wasn't any movement or stop motion at the time, it, but it was just shooting clay. And so now he had the camera and he had clay and some buddies started playing around with that, you know, late at night and actually started to make it move. And then they would get the film, then they would process the film and get it back. And oh, that's really cool. There was some of that going on, you know, just kind of by, you know, happenstance. And then after college for about a year and a half, two years followed around, mostly in California, um, kind of the counterculture movement going on with the youth, like the youth movement and made a documentary called Gone for a Better Deal. And in that documentary, they they put in a handful of these clay animated bits that didn't really have anything to do with the film. But the film is really quite interesting. Like, I think it still holds up today. And I don't know if anybody ever really saw this Gone for a Better Deal when it came out. But in Clay Dream, we use some of that footage and some of that very, very early footage. He made some of that with Bob Gardner, who ended up becoming a partner and they made the film Close Mondays together, the one the Academy Award in 1974. But um, but yeah, that's that's how it all started for Will. Just um, you know, having clay because he was in architecture and then getting the camera and starting to marry those two things. Oh no, amend what I said earlier. I, I meant to say stop motion was a way for filmmakers to become filmmakers without costing a lot of money, just a lot of time put into it. The yeah. idea of clay being used as part of it 
was new, relatively new. Yeah, I mean, and, and clay animation had been around since at least the early 1900s. A lot of, you know, there was some of that coming out of Eastern Europe. Um, Will was inspired by an early film just called Clay. And Gumby, you know, was pre, pre-Will pre Vinton. Right. But what Will really did, um, certainly he popularized it because they had so much success and because they did so much of it. But he also, you know, he... So he made this documentary right after college, and then he was basically a cinematographer for this production company here in Portland um, for a couple of years as well, too, really kind of learning just filmmaking and learning how to work the camera. And prior to the work that they did, there wasn't basic techniques like a rack focus or camera movement or even color in a lot like, you know, clay with that was colorful and shooting in color. None of that stuff was in clay animation. And so they brought a lot of just, or will, you know, specifically brought a lot of that filmmaking, those filmmaking techniques that were standard in, you know, narrative live action filmmaking into clay animation. And that really gave it a different look. The, the art was at a much higher level. And then because of the success they had, they popularized it to the extent where, you know, it was always called clay animation before. And then, you know, Will just shortened that, created a word called claymation, trademarked it. And, uh, and that was a way for them to kind of separate what he was doing versus anybody else that might be doing clay animation was to call what they did claymation. I remember seeing Closed Mondays and how impressed I was. Closed Mondays, they finished it. I think it took like 14 months. And then Will, you know, in that relationship with Will and Bob Gardner, you know, Bob was really, he, he was described to me by a lot of people as a true creative genius. And a lot of the things that are in that film that just sparkle probably came from Bob's imagination, but certainly their collaboration as well, too. But Will had the ability to just get things done. And um, and he had this this great vision and he had these ideas to bring clay animation to the you know to to a, to a new level. And Bob was an artist that, you know, that helped him achieve that. But the film, when they when they got it done and Will went out to market it, there was kind of a you know, there was a film festival in Portland that they figured they would take it and that would be the start of it. And they didn't even accept it <laughs> and they, they turned it down. And so obviously that was disappointing for them. And then they just kind of kept sending it to film festivals and finally started getting into some and, and all the way to the Academy Award. But you know, at the beginning there was, yeah, it wasn't even getting into the local film festivals. Let's talk about Bob Gardner because that, that relationship, obviously you just described it, the, you know, the collaborative effort that they put together on closed Mondays and they continued to work together as their relationship as filmmakers uh, evolved, Close Mondays became something of a um, a problem in their relationship that devolved into something more troubling. Yeah, I think um, so. Will, after they won that Academy Award, wanted just to keep going and use that as a, you know a calling card, but just a launching pad into new things because you know now everybody that wanted some sort of animation wanted Will Benton and Bob Gardner's clay animation. They hadn't coined claymation yet. But uh, so there was all these opportunities. Will wanted to make more films and Will was ready to go. And and Bob didn't necessarily share that enthusiasm. I think he was you know clearly proud of winning the Oscar to the extent that, you know, for the stories are he would, you know, carry it around in his back pocket and take it to bars trying to get free drinks and everything. But Will was just somebody that wanted to work. And yeah. Bob was definitely more of that, you know, kind of eccentric artist type of guy. And so it just didn't really match. I know they tried to work together on a couple projects. Bob's credited in Will's um, Mountain Music. And Bob did a few things, but Will was just, you know, wanting to go a million miles an hour and go go for it. And, and you know, Bob at the time wasn't really ready to do that. And, and then I think, you know, later on, Bob felt like he was left behind, you know, so, every, so the more success that Will had, 
Bob took that harder and harder. And I mean, and it got to pretty extreme points where, you know, there was death threats that had to be taken very seriously by the studio. And, you know, Will felt he needed to be carrying a gun with him. So yeah, it, 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 it definitely got pretty bad. And it's a you know, sad story. The, the film is called Clay Dream. And by the way, where did the title Clay Dream come from? Comes from uh, like the, the original working title was Welcome to My Daydream for a long time. And, you know, it was a fine working title. I never really thought that that was going to end up being the name. And so I, you know, auditioned some new titles, but it went from, you know, Welcome to My Daydream down to just Clay Dream. We're speaking with the director, Mark Evans. I have to tell you, Will reminds me, and they came from the, the same era of Jim Hansen. Sure. Yeah. There's a there's a feeling that I have from Will's work of a, a childlike kind of presentation of the look of a film, but the themes and the issues and the characters that are in the film speak to a broader audience than just a children's uh, audience. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, and I think Jim Henson, a lot of his work spoke to that broader audience. It probably was still maybe maybe a little bit more for children, but, you know, like Pixar does a great job, obviously, of, you know, these are marketed towards children. Children love them, but, you know, adults like to watch them, too. Whereas Will, a lot of this was actually he wanted to make it for adults. Um, and that's not the case with every one of the films, but but I mean, pretty much. And uh, but definitely I, I see parallels with his story and Jim Henson's and, and of course, Disney to an extent, you know, it, it, the fact that that was kind of like his dream, you know, was to be the next Disney. But, you know, Henson, there, there was you know, puppets, right? There were they, they were actual puppets, whereas in this case, they're clay puppets. So the work that they did and, and to your point, a lot of the stories they told, I do feel like there are some similarities. But I think after Close Mondays, Will Vinton had this idea of kind of a new way of telling stories in claymation that would in fact reach out to a broader audience and let's talk about the tom sawyer film that came sometime after close yeah so so the adventures of mark twain um so you know it's kind of there was kind of like this first chapter of the of will's career in the studio and that started with closed mondays and led up to the adventures of mark twain which is which was a feature-length film in 1985 so it's kind of like the first decade and it, now in between there they had seven or eight probably other um short films that they did four of them that were nominated for oscars so just making really really high quality work during that time and then that all led up to the adventures of mark twain which is really what will wanted to do he wanted to make feature films um and, you know again he's on this path of kind of maybe the next walt disney so he felt like he had to make feature films and that's also that's also where the money is too you know it's not like they were making a bunch of money with the the short films they were winning a bunch of awards uh, and they were doing commercials as well too but um but if you wanted to really be a big studio you gotta you gotta make feature films and so that led up to the adventures of mark twain which which will refer to as the zenith of clay animation because everything that they had done up to that point was thrown into this film and and every part of the film was clay the walls the pictures on the wall everything everything was clay and that was never done before and, and it's never been done since where like everything is clay you know they didn't they didn't take any shortcuts and I think as a piece of art, I think the film holds up super well today. It's a, it's a little bit challenged, you know, narratively because the idea was to take a bunch of Mark Twain's lesser known stories, some short stories, and put them all, weave them all together in a narrative with Sawyer and Huck Finn 
And so, so the narrative, ha- you know, it, it's got some flaws, but just as far as like the, you know, showing off the claymation, it's, it's pretty incredible. And that, that idea of, as we talk about Pixar now was those films, you're right. There are, they're a kid's film, quote unquote, but they're definitely addressing themes that are more adult in the, in some ways, Will Vincent's work was a bit ahead of that curve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way he described it is he just wanted to make things that him and his friends would enjoy. And so it really was for for that demographic. And even the Mark Twain film was, but it was animation. And this was, you know, mid 80s. So the distributor, you know, it's animation. This this is for kids. So they marketed it for kids. And it's, it's a pretty dark story. And, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't meant for kids. And so it didn't do well bombed at the box office, and people were confused about it. You know, especially back then, if you bombed, if you had a film that bombed, it was tough to get a second chance. And so they eventually kind of, you know, very, you know, what came next was the California Raisins just came to them. And so, you know, Will is obviously, you know, bummed, I'm sure about uh, the adventures of Mark Twain, his big chance to make a feature film that they worked so hard on not having success, but he didn't have very much time to, you know, be upset about that because California Raisins just came and nobody expected that to be big. It was, it was a tiny ad budget and it just blew up. And so that of course put him into the mainstream and, you know, this was 15 years after he got started or close to it. And all of a sudden he's, you know, world famous for creating these, these California Raisins. But that doesn't that speak to what we were talking about in terms of his personality, the way he conducted his life was that what's next kind of attitude that he had. So he was constantly in motion, it appears in the film, to be looking and working and creative Mm -hmm. and had an eye for those kinds of things. And he surrounded himself with very creative people that that seemed to stay with him for for most of his his, uh, career. Yeah, absolutely. And that was his biggest strength because, you know, I don't think he was the the best sculptor or animator. Uh, he had big visions, he had big ideas, and he found people that could help him bring those to life. And that, I mean, it's like a Steve Jobs, for instance, you know, he didn't create the iPhone, but he found uh, uh, Steve. Steve Wozniak. Well, yeah, I would struggle with his last name. Yeah. But, um, and, and other great people as well, too, that helped build those products. And so I think Will, you know, in a similar way, it's like he was talented, he was a good artist, he could, he, he could sculpt, he could animate. But he had bigger visions of what he could do with his own hands or whatever. And, uh, and he put the teams together to be able to see that through. Yeah. And you mentioned Walt Disney earlier. Walt Disney is kind of looming over this film in some ways, the, 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 the success that he enjoyed. I, aside from Steamboat Willie and a couple of other t- cartoons, Walt Disney relied on the artistic expertise of others to, to create. Yeah. What, what do they call them? The seven old men or what was the or seven? They're, they're his his artists that he oh. had. I mean, but but the studio and, and I think Will and his management, you know, they kind of followed that path of what Disney did, and because it's like, well, this, you know, here's here's one company that was successful. Why don't we emulate that? And that's you know, it's it's hard to be another Walt Disney, but they saw that Disney, Walt Disney, they kind of uh, marketed it that way. That Walt Disney drew everything, and he was the company. And this, what you're about to see, was Walt, you know, from Walt Disney's imagination. And so they did the same thing with Will Vinton. And you know, you look at their signatures. Will Vinton's signature even looks a lot like Walt Disney's. But that wasn't just Will's decision. That was as a company, you know, that they decided 
well, I think if this seems like it came from a person, it's more marketable and people might want, you know, to, to come seek this more. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people thought that Walt Disney was drawing all of those films and that just wasn't right. the case at all. Like you said, you know, after the very beginning. Well, in the TV show, in the Disney hour, he would come out and introduce everything. And so, I yeah, mean, yeah. he, he was, he'd introduce films. He'd come out and he'd you'd be the first thing you'd see in a, in a in a Disney film. So yeah, he definitely left the impression that he did a lot of the work. I will leave it to our audience to uh as they watch the film, there is a lot more about Will Vinton and his life, including something I had no idea about, which is his relationship with uh Phil Knight and Nike and and all. And to see him in those depositions, there's a fair amount of the film where we see him in a in a legal proceeding with Phil Knight and his son who i think you alluded to earlier in their conversation mm -hmm. a very interesting part of that side of the creative business it's the business side and to watch will go through that and watch how it impacts him and his life there's a lot in the film and about the creative process and what he created but also about will vinton and his life and times it lends this arc to the story of Will Vinton and uh, that it really it really enhances the film experience watching it. So congratulations. Congratulations on the film. I knew of Will Vinton from Closed Mondays. Mm. And I knew of I, I guess I knew something about his involvement with the California Raisins, but it never became part of the cultural zeitgeist that everybody knew Will Vinton. They knew his work, but they didn't. And, you know. I'm sure too much to his distress, they didn't associate him with all of that. Yeah, it, it, it's been interesting because now as we're putting the film out right now, um, a lot of the national media, that's what they're saying. Like, you know, this is a name that you don't know, but you should. And, yeah. you, you know, or you know his work, but you don't know his name. Whereas in Portland, yeah, it's so not the case. Like everybody in Portland knows Will Vinton and he was a celebrity. And, you know, he when he was going up against Phil Knight, it was maybe the two most well-known people in Oregon battling each other. And, uh, but like you said, it didn't, you know, the, the characters of course went beyond Oregon, but Will Vinton, the name and and the person didn't, you know, I think it's, it's cool that people are starting to get exposed, you know, through this film yeah. to, to him as well. Is there a place to send people if they want to see more of his work? Is there a repository, a website where we can watch it? Not, yeah, that, that's a great question. And there's really not a group. I mean, a lot of the films are probably on YouTube in varying degrees of quality. We are trying to, we're, we're probably going to be able to release a good amount of those short films, especially, which I think are the, the best of the work is these short films. In when we release the film um, physically on DVD and Blu-ray, we've got Half, at least half of them and they're in you know either 2k or 4k scans which were preserved by the academy had had a lot of these that are in the film that we that were preserved so we're working with the estate and then there's some other you know little rights issues that we're just making sure we can cover and we and so we're hoping to release some of those and maybe you know it'd be great too if we can release something that's like you know just a, a package of the shorts in in hd because um they're really spectacular can you suggest a website so we can kind of monitor this, your your own personal website? Where would we want to kind of keep an eye on it? We, we have a website called claydream.film, www.claydream.film. But I actually have a note that I got to figure out, like, do I even need to keep that site going? So I don't I don't know if I want to promote that. Uh, the oscilloscope site, so it's like claydream.oscilloscope.com, I think, mm -hmm. is 
really a great place and and we would be doing all this with them so that's probably the best place um, i'll i have that posted i will be posting that as part of the uh yeah. the, on the website for that so Clark Evans, thank you. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you for spending some time with us to talk about Clay Dream. And uh, I really look forward to more. Hope you'll come back. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much.